0: and hello welcome back to another episode of the midnight kitchen talk uh this is a podcast where we just talk about life and everything to do with life and i bring a lot of friends and guests on and just talk about a lot of general topics and um yeah so today um i'm got joined by my friend george um from birmingham how are we sir
1: yo yes geezer what's (laughs) happening
0: um And yeah, we're going to be talking about Birmingham today. Um, It's something close to both our hearts. Uh, Growing up there, and um, a lot of our lives and main points of our lives have been revolved around the city. Um, And just yeah, uh, general stuff about the city itself. So, just a question to start off with, George. Um, Growing up in Birmingham, um, what was it like? Challenges you faced.
1: Challenges faced. The only, only sort of thing that's probably been a little bit mad is just like you have areas that don't get on with each other. Yeah, <laughs> <Like> <laughs> that's everybody. about it, man. Yeah, we used to like, me and all, like my pals, you know, we'd, we'd go over to like from King Standing. Um, you can go to like Feezy Great Bar, and then sometimes you can like end up having little bits of beef and that with people. Yeah. But apart from that, everything's pretty, pretty cool, man. It's, yeah. it's been all right. Um,
0: What was like the main focuses of sort of childhood? Sort of like growing up. Was it? Did you? Were you into music from early? Was it football orientated? What was kind of like the kind of the focuses of your childhood?
1: Well, I was really into music from fucking as long as I can remember, Um, and like just collecting it as well. I I wouldn't necessarily buy something because I've listened to it. I'd I'd um I'd buy it first, then listen to it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah.
0: Testing the yeah. world and just learning—that's the best way to learn. it, under discovering sort of unknown people, because I think that's what you guys and myself we're known for—is finding a lot of these artists that a lot of people might not listen to and exposing them to new crowds. And it comes from kind of, yeah. doesn't it? In, in terms I think
1: of- it's very easy. You uh, know, I'm going to say like in Brum to sort of for people just to look past a lot of under underground sort of things. Everyone, everyone, everyone sort of likes what's big and what's out there. What's Making the most noise, yeah, and I forget about these people that are, you know, trying to get their thing going or trying to, yeah, just just need that little push. Do you know what I mean? To, to, to yeah. take so, take a good thing to, to make it a great thing.
0: Yeah, I think so, that's the thing when you're in big cities and you've got all these big acts that can come through with all the big budgets and our venues and stuff. Like all these yeah. little guys do get missed out um and that's the thing but in childhood um uh, kind of what artists were you listening to back in the day as a little kid any guilty pleasures
1: the first the first tune i brought when i was younger was uh eminem, eminem. real slim shady i used to fucking love eminem
0: <laughs> we're eminem um, at 50
1: you know what the big it hurts to say, i can't stand him now eminem I'd- I just can't know, man. And yeah. then when I hear a tune about his fucking mum, I'm just thinking, like, I can't believe I invested so much time listening to this <laughs> and just beeping about his fucking mum. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then yeah. that's also quite funny, but, like, when it's serious, I'm like, this is just, I'm not on that vibe anymore.
0: Yeah. I um, I always went 50 over Eminem. I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just like degrees more I like degrees more But there's always the big debate That 50 and Eminem I think that was one of the first That I started listening to In terms of rap as well Because yeah. I think That was the one that everyone When you're first a kid you, don't, you didn't really pay attention To UK music much It was all kind of Bubbling from the US Wasn't it?
1: Yeah there was so much stuff From like Rap Even though I used to like A lot of stuff like Limp Bizkit um, Fucking hell Yeah just people like that A lot of American stuff But then I also liked a lot of um, like dance music, uh, um, bits of garage as well. But then what I found mad was that I didn't really know whether I could sort of be proud of what I liked because it was so diverse. Yeah, because when you're a kid, you sort of you just want to fit in with other kids.
0: Yeah, there's pressures in it. A lot of like you're scared of a lot of times, scared of being judged as a kid because you just want all the mates and like. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Bro, and I then like do that yeah so yeah, I'd sort of say I'd have people come round I used to have a massive CD collection bro I used to have like a, a wallpaper pocket thing that you could put all your CDs in yeah and everyone could see what you've got there like yeah. in my room you know you'd play something to someone say I put like a Limp Biscuit tune on and then next to it I've got like Spiller Groove jet, uh that <laughs> Groove Jet tune and I'm like this person's gonna think I'm a fucking yeah. idiot How's you that know that what I mean? mean but really I'm <laughs> loving it
0: <laughs> yeah i think like i think a lot of the time i as a kid i probably listened to more um sort of like mainstreamy house stuff i guess yeah and it's like you never kind of i never invested in music properly because i was always kind of more of a sport route until all my yeah yeah, dance, yeah and then all the music came in but i think it's once i realized how much music i was listening to and stuff and all these extra artists like i don't i don't think i listen to most genres that I listen to as a kid now uh, yeah. but there was a lot of there's a lot of variation back in the day and I suppose that variation helps what we've done as well in music yeah, Just a willingness to go and kind of experiment with those different genres I guess
1: yeah man but as, as, as well as being a kid and like liking in music I, I used to play sport non-stop I used to do um to play football on a Sunday for a um, Sunday team I used to play cricket pretty pretty high up I got into uh, North Birmingham district yeah. so I didn't quite make it into the Wednesday squad but I was always having trials and always in the, yeah. in the districts and that yeah same. um I played with like the adults on the Saturday sometimes on a Sunday as well um, you'd have a cricket a game in the week and I was doing I was doing boxing, I was doing fucking kickboxing. Yeah. Done that all, all my life. I used to just be a proper live wire, man. Used to just do whatever I could. Um, yeah, man. And then fucking, as soon as you start drinking. <laughs> oh, God. It <laughs> <just laughs> goes out the window. <laughs> oh, mate, trust me. Well, yeah,
0: that's... Fucking, you know, used to-
1: it used to put me on the boundary on like a fucking Saturday daytime. I just think, what the fuck am I doing here? Like, you know, like I've like, field. I've turned down a fucking good day out to be here. Yeah. And then uh, someone's actually to go and field go boundary. Birdman or something. you Going like, go, in, go into bat and get zero and just think, I'll fucking pay <laughs> ten for this. Yeah, pretty much. And it, I think, because I, I used to be, I used to be good at cricket. I used to really like it, man, but it was like, I weren't enjoying it anymore and
0: what could I do? Yeah, I think it's such a time-consuming sport and you've got to have a proper love for the game and I think like, the thing that, the reason why I still play cricket to this day is more for the social aspect and knowing that it's a sport I can play into my 60s, like, and yeah, 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 good family there in my cricket, like, I know footy, in sort of like eight years, my knees will be fucked and it's just not yeah. anymore. So I know that... Good crack
1: game. as well, the cricket is. It's, it's a fucking... If you've got a good bunch of lads we're at. It, it's, a good, it's yeah. a good day. Yeah, good day out. If you're, if you're sitting there, like, you know, you've got the lads waiting up to bat and you're just sitting there just, and you're just having a crack in the sun, it's, it's sweet. It's, yeah. a, it's a nice day. But then they used to try and see if I'd do the scoring and that and I always used to tell them, nah, because once I knew I could do it, They'll fucking keep asking me then, <laughs> so I was like, "No, nah, I don't want to learn either." But then it was just like, I think it was I was just doing people's editing about yeah. it all. So, um,
0: not too bad. But then, yeah, I,
1: yeah, it was good, man.
0: So with that um, kind of discovering music, um, once you kind of finish that sort of childhood period. When did you start to kind of discover that underground music scene in Brum? Was it straight away when you started going out? Was it something that you just stumbled across? Was it something that you'd started listening to the tunes and seeing an artist kind of? Where did that discovery of the nightlife scene kind of emerge from with you and your mates?
1: Um I think that when I started going out I when was about eighteen nineteen i, I, I won't go into fucking things that I liked really i'd go to the pub i weren't really earning that much money and then i'd fucking we'd go to like a little dive of a fucking place and the music weren't my cup of tea you're pretty much pissed I was just thinking i can't yeah. keep i can't keep doing this um, and then I'd go to like some of the big like the big main events that were going on in Digbeth, and I was like these This is a bit more my cup of tea. Got to you know, just get to know people, but it was always there was still something missing for me, and it's just like it weren't, it didn't feel like raw enough. It was a bit too like, uh, don't know. I just think it lacked like a bit. Just I wanted to be somewhere just a bit more raw and ready. Do you know what I mean? A bit more like, a bit more grim. (laughs) grim. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean?
0: yeah yeah like i think like especially when you first go into the raving scene and go into this all music i think the big love for me within that whole community um when i first kind of discovered it because back in preston here it's just shit like there is no music scene and like there's one decent act that'll get booked every few months and no one knows enough about it um and I was into that music, but then when I kind of got to Birmingham and started to live there properly instead of just visiting family, um, yeah. the stuff that draws you to it is kind of the um, the atmosphere when you're actually within these places and raving venues. Like, what a big thing for me. I hate going on sort of normal nights out where you go yeah. to normal clubs and the fo- all the tunes you hear every week are all the same. All the boys are just there to graph girls. Just yeah, that's kicking off, and like that, I feel like a lot of the time, just people going out trying to pull and not actually enjoying it, and all the same. That,
1: that, that, that's judges. what what I was sort of doing. Any, you, you do, I do, you do get to the point I'm thinking there's got to be fucking more to this. Can't, yeah, you know, like if you have a drink, you you end up agreeing to going out and doing these sort of things, and then you know and your mates are doing it, and you're like, oh. I guess this is what we're going to be doing.
0: Yeah. like There's so many times I can go to a club and listen to like flipping gigs, Locked and just like, even though I love gigs, like every fucking night, there's the same kind of change playing all the time and there's no variation. And I think that's what I've started to discover about the underground scene is everyone goes for the music and that's the beautiful thing of it. And everyone just enjoys it and there's no there's no beef everyone's friendly and when you hear yeah. tunes that you haven't heard before and thinking like wow production on that's class like that's what drew me into it at least and um luckily when you've got mates that like it it just makes the whole experience even better
1: yeah definitely man I think as well what's what's I noticed as well is that like there's a lot of people who were doing going on these sort of nights out and They don't even want to be there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So you're thinking, like, oh, this is shit. And then, you know, turns out your pal thinks it's shit. (laughs) (laughs) There's like most of you probably think it was shit. You're all just
0: looking at each other in a big circle, thinking, what the fuck are we doing here? Like,
1: yeah, man. Like, yeah, I think the sort of places I was going before were quite, you know, you had to look like the fucking, you had to be out here.
0: Yeah. Everyone gym,
1: thinks they're a fucking model. I just thought, table. I, I, Yeah, mate. I felt like a fucking pork scratching every time I'd, I'd be out, so I was just like, this isn't for me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think
0: the and worst things tables, mate, at clubs. Like any fucking table that serves bottles and shit, I might like, just stand up and have some fucking fun. Like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, man. But uh, what you were saying as well, it's. Off, I felt like it's a bit of a a blessing and a curse now with like what what we're into because like if you get invited to go out on a night now, you don't want to turn a yeah. night down. You know, like if your pal's like, probably oh, we going to go out for up like my birthday and you don't like where they're going. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know?
0: You've got to brave it and you're there trying to force yeah. a smile all the time. Like, are you enjoying yourself? Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> oh no, I completely get that. And I think like, That's the thing that I've discovered, especially moving back home, is that I don't. I've never enjoyed the nights out here anyway. But when all my all my best mates I've made from uni were all sort of London, Essex, Brighton based, like
1: they've
0: they've all continued to go to London to these raves and stuff, and for me to go and see them, so much money. I've still been back to Birmingham a lot, but not my vast group of mates there anymore like home there's the only things I can go on is these like normal nights out and just sick of it and like I don't want to yeah. go but I need something to do half the time
1: yeah, yeah man
0: yeah it's like the struggles of it all um, with that side of it but then in terms of like after you kind of started to discover that scene and get invested it in, when was sort of the first decision you made to be like do you know what I want to be Hosting these nights, or I want to be kind of, I want to make something in Birmingham for me and my mates. Like I guess that's how all yeah. promotional companies start—is that you don't think of it as a business. Like, especially in my experience, we wanted to just put more events on for mates, starting to join ourselves more and doing what we wanted to do rather than being forced to go to these yeah, certain
1: places. Well, like I, I remember uh, my pal Jay. You know, he he, he and that, so he. I knew I knew, you know, we was on the same wavelength. He's from round by me. And i I called him up the once. I was like, you know that part by us? Wouldn't it be fucking wicked just to put something on? Like, you know, we picked the line up. Even the flipping what food's gonna be there, like it'd be yeah. wicked, man. And we just talk about it, we could talk about it for, for hours, and it was all like a one big what if, do you know what I mean? Oh, wouldn't it wouldn't it be good? Oh, what if, what if, what if. And then you know, nothing would ever happen. You'd never, you'd never do it. And then when we went to uh, Outlook Festival in 2014, my whole mindset had changed, bro. Yeah. Um, I felt like, because we were just going, we just went out there and literally just had a laugh, just fucking chatted to as many people as possible. Got to know some people, you know, in some pretty high places just by fucking just talking yeah. shit. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and, um, just getting on it and that and then we was just we had a moment when we was out there just like we need to fucking do something we're going to do it and it was it was nice it was nice that we felt like we could do it do you know yeah. what I mean Um as soon as we got back to Brom I think like within the first day back we was driving around around town looking for something different we didn't want to just do what everyone else is doing because that I thought we we've events that were happening in Brom. Then it was just the fucking same. We same cycle stuff, but just with a different event name. Yeah. Different. Always uh, the same like, headliner
0: you know. every six months, and like yeah, music and everything.
1: like with with like event event lineups. There's only so much a fucking lineup can do for me. Yeah. Like I needed some. We needed people to feel they could feel something in the flyer, and it's why I'm, I'm so passionate about the, the artwork of like posters and that because like you need that to tell people what it is you're about. Yeah, so people can like connect to it or work out whether this is their sort of thing, and we really try to sort of push that out. And as well, there weren't anyone. That I I can remember, it was saying they were proud to be from Brum.
0: Yeah.
1: It was all one massive put down. Yeah. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? like And then we sort of just like, no, man, we're fucking, we're we're from from Brum and what? And, you know, I think people started to sort of feel that and sort of, it was good to get on board with it. And then you you start to realize other little groups that were doing it, like provide, Mm. they're shit hot on that sort of thing. So we got in Mm. touch with them and you're just building like a network of, people yeah. and mates which is cool man yeah that's good I,
0: was yeah, like, on, I think nah, the best <laughs> thing best thing for something like this but it's just like um I've noticed that especially the attention to detail that you guys put in um in terms of the flyers because you've created something that isn't just an events company it is a brand um yeah. that's the cool thing about it and the way that you've the, I know you work with Ollie on, I think it's Ollie you work with on the flyers and stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, He's class, and just the way you've, the different direction you've taken um, to do with sort of not just having a one artist with a headliner on, it's got the newspaper edits in there and all these different cool styles yeah. of graphics you've worked with, provide on the shirts, which I thought were wavy as fuck. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they were sick. Um, and yeah, just all these like different elements. And the good thing about what you do is and what you've created is you can see that it comes from just you guys and what you'd want to do. There's no... There's no trying to push to a market what isn't the best way to describe it. There's no push to a market to try and get everyone to come to the event. You're just doing what you guys do, making the clothes and stuff that what you guys would wear. And people are following that pattern rather than you trying to make something for everybody and get people in and stuff. And I think that's probably one of the proudest things that you'll take from it is that You've got you've created this following by just being yourselves, which is oh,
1: che- yeah, cheers, crazy. man.
0: So, yeah, that's that's something I've taken from some seller, and you can see when you go to the events, the people that do attend with you guys, it's the crowds are really into the music, and it makes the atmosphere so much better. And I've noticed yeah, like a couple of couple of brands. So there was like you guys and get together with the two brands when I first came to Brum. When I saw the artist, and I was thinking, Merlo, love that guy. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. to love that guy. Get together with booking like Jams and Jack that and Card and Neat. Yeah. And he, both of those kind of brands had that sort of following behind them. And I want to know kind of like what you, what you feel about your following and stuff. Like, do you kind of see what I see in that in terms of like people? come to you just because they like what you do and you you're not forcing anything out there.
1: It, mate, this, this this is crazy, right? Because I think like for me, I don't really see what you what you guys see. Yeah. And I can literally I could start I could fucking start a fight in an empty room mm. right about about the fucking brand. Do you know what I mean? Mm. <laughs> like I'll put I could put a finger out and I just think did that get Did that get the reaction we wanted? Um, I'm not sure. And I could just fucking it would just circulate in my head. Yeah. Um, but really, it 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 does okay. It does good. Yeah. And then I see people at our events, and I think if only you could fucking like our pictures on Facebook, Insta, so I could know, like, it, like you're on it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I say to people who turn off, I'm like, you should have told me you were coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I needed that re- you know you need that reassurance like it's going to be okay yeah it's
0: like the anxiety of a promoter mate like every time yeah. you put a post out there and you're thinking like is that enough followers on the event what, what's the rate of ticket sales and all this and like when yeah, you're yeah, in yeah. that bubble you don't notice these external things but I guess it showed with like your um, kind of shirts and stuff because I think they sold out quite quickly as well didn't they those shirts yeah
1: man we, we, we actually um, were planning to well we was planning to get some out for the Euros yeah, different. Wow, well, same but different. But fucking hell, bro. We had the meeting like literally the week before lockdown, saying, "Well, we're going to send that, send it all off."
0: And then all this shit <laughs> happened. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, it's a nightmare.
1: But um, in terms of like the crowd and that, like, I think we've got a really cool crowd, and you know what? What's good is that fucking eighty percent of them I don't recognize. Yeah. I mean. It's
0: not just your friends coming to the events, you've gained that pull. I think yeah. that's the thing what I noticed with the reflect as well. You always had the core group of mates coming, but when you get yeah. these people that you've never heard of and then they're coming to you and thinking like, Oh, this event's class, like da 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 and you're yeah. just have like, done yourself proud there, haven't you? like you've you've created something in the scene and now you guys have imprinted that in Birmingham and that live culture is pretty good to see, and you
1: you're one of those bigger True. brands now. It's 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 mad to f- it's mad that I don't. For me, I don't see that because I don't yeah. know what how it looks. Yeah, I keep thinking we've got a massive point to prove. Do you know what I mean? I think yeah. I keep thinking no one gives a shit. you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, but no, it, it, I'm sure it. I'm sure, I'm sure it's all right. But yeah, I literally the anxiety of it is fucking
0: yeah, a different well level. So do but you still I, feel I was, I was
1: that getting, pressure? Um sort
0: of every event, do you still feel that pressure or is it is it, do you feel more pressure now than when you started because at the start you were doing it uh, just to kind of fuck about with it and see what happened or
1: was it, is it now? I don't know because when we started and we got the foundation of just, we've got a venue, fucking Chris Lorenzo said he's up for playing. I (laughs) thought, you know, it's, it's, things are going to work out. (laughs) But, um, and then I don't know, I'd sort of you have some events that do better than others and then when you look into all these fucking insights, after that insight stuff blows my head, I wish to fuck it off. Yeah. Because you're like you could say like sixty percent of people coming off are male. I'm like yeah. oh, we need to put something out for the girls, do you know what I mean? And then <laughs> you just you just blow your head with it. Yeah. But um
0: age ranges and stuff.
1: Yeah. But la- last year Probably nearly knocked it on the head last year because it was just getting a lot, man. Like a week before an event, I can guarantee I would have told everyone I'm knocking it on the head after this. Yeah. But then once the events, once the events on and happening, it's fucking great. I'm loving it. <laughs> well, that's well,
0: that's the thing with Birmingham in a minute, like especially all the council issues and all the venue issues that have happened in the few weeks. It's really sort of took a knock on the nightlife and. It's good to see that you guys have still been pulling some numbers, um, some decent numbers in there, which is credit to the following and the brand you've built. Uh, But I know especially for a lot of brands out there and a lot of the venues, Venues were just collapsing a couple of couple of years ago with all the HS2 stuff coming, and yeah, it was a bit of a crazy time for Birmingham nightlife because I think about four or five years ago it was at its peak, like Rainbow before that shut up. Yeah, man, flying and they got all yeah. the new venues. That Screw venue opened. They had Cray Well, Crane was a bit after. They had the textile factory open. All these things flying, and Birmingham was sort of booming really in the nightlife scene and recently yeah. how, how those kind of things affected you as well not just kind of the brand like has it made it more of a struggle of you sort of still in love with your music has it took a knock on your love for music anything like that
1: uh i think back then we were sort of doing stuff at lab 11 and lab 11 wasn't the lab 11 it is now <laughs> yeah. so when we were there we was having people saying i've never never been to this place before so and i felt that's we we like that we like that we was sort of bringing something to Lab Eleven, hmm. bringing people to there and then, um, and also we there'd be other nights on, but they were still booming as were booming, and I'm not, I'm not bothered about everything. I thought, wow, this is fucking cool, man. Brums just popping. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Then. Yeah, I think we stayed at Lab Eleven for a bit, and then I think once the people from Rainbow had moved pretty much into the lab, like there was like less available dates. People, it was just, it was just. We thought, felt like we was probably getting the the, sort of the boot a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But um. And then. It's a bit mad with the venues. We've we've always had odd fucking Yeah. Yeah. Uh Amusement 13, another one. Hair and Hounds. Which is good. Well, I like, I like Hair and Hounds but when we do Brum Tropicana and that, that's cool.
0: Yeah. I do I do love the atmosphere in Hair and Hounds, as always. That's one of my favourite venues just because the atmosphere and quality of the venue in there. Such that
1: that that if there's anything I, I I'd want at the end of some cellar it's for us to have a venue like that yeah I a think that would be ultimate just a fucking yeah in a six space. get some people in it's that, that 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 would be that's perfect for me but I think Brum needs about another fucking six of them seven of, yeah, do right. you know what I mean
0: it's the only ones I've been to and Hands, is sort of the pinnacle of it all the way they bring the huge artists in and stuff and the reputation they've built is incredible like that's something i'd love to do in the future in sort of Preston, because i think that would accommodate more than something like just a big rave venue here but you've got yeah. Dark course in Mosley; that's always a decent doing there
1: i've never you know what i've never been there
0: yeah i went to jack's uh one of jack's jungle gigs um in there and you the bottom just pop in with a little bit of disco and then some fucking steroid fuel <laughs> <bloke> just started <laughs> clean the whole thing out and then, yeah. yeah, upstairs, it's uh, the quality wasn't really there, but it's just a good vibe. And I think you always get good good atmospheres when you go to those sort of smaller venues. I've, for me personally, like I love, I've always felt privileged when I've ever had an opportunity to play on a stage where I've got a 1,000 people watching, or like a huge event when we did France. Yeah. Like fucking playing in front of 2,000 people in France, you just sat there thinking, like, how oh, have I done this? But your best... It's, it's
1: almost is, like it's not real. yeah. It's like once, you, once you, you can't see after like the fifth row of people, it's just like...
0: Yeah. But then I sit <laughs> on those stages and I think I always prefer the smaller venues at the end of the day. like, And you always feel privileged and you always love playing in that experience. is amazing.
1: Um, it's because the crowd are trapped. Yeah. They're, all just they're trapped them. listening to them.
0: We have to vibe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, nah,
1: but I, I know what you're saying, yeah.
0: That I always prefer that smaller venue atmosphere because I think the best events I've ever been to, including festivals and everything have just been smaller tents or smaller atmospheres where the energy is just there in it. And that's what I like about the, those small spots in Birmingham. And I think that's pretty cool and diverse in the city, which is cool. Yeah,
1: definitely.
0: Um, But yeah, so with music, I know we've got COVID all happening at the minute, but any plans, any plans for the immediate future with it all? Or is it just
1: all just completely on hold? Um, tell you what bro i fucking I'm going to say start mixing again but I've just started getting a load of tunes together I'm going to try and have a little practice and that. trying
0: and- little live stream <laughs> a a mix years
1: ago I played one set and I was sat buzzing with it I was gassed I was like I'm never doing it again <laughs> you know what I mean I did what yeah. I came to do and I've done it so that's it I'm done but um has yeah, it I'm you know, I'm, sort
0: of appealed to you as much, the DJing side of it, or is it just something you've never kind of bothered to follow through with and you've wanted to do it? Because I know like you, you're, you're the mic man now rather than the DJ. Man. Nah, bro,
1: bro. <laughs> Every fucking day, yeah. Every day after the, after the event, I say to myself, I'm never going on the mic again. Soon as I, soon, I even, soon as I smell a drink...
2: Like, yeah, someone
1: give me that mic. <laughs> it's awful. It's, I never used to do it, but um I just got egged on before It was like, oh, you should probably, you know, you should go on the mic or something. Just you know, because I've just sort of managed what was going on, who's coming in and all that. And uh it's like a weird fucking you you get more confident on it on the mic, but I've got no I've got no skill. <laughs> no talent on it I end up just heckling people or just fucking no, no bars, just talking about just, people's hair, doing that. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> just, just attack the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> what with the
0: DJ? So, yeah, now? I need
1: to stop that. I need to stop that shit. I yeah. need someone to literally come up and get the mic off me and just go, right, you can fuck off, <laughs> and the, I'll just go do something else then. Put, put the drink down. Yeah.
0: What's with the uh, DJ? And then is it something that you've always kind of just? not endeavoured with enough or what's your perspective on you doing that because we know that you've got the music love and you've got the artist selection but is it just something that's not appealed
1: to you or no you know what it's it's nice watching other people play do you know what I mean And I, I like that and I like the thought that you know someone else has had an opportunity doing it Whereas, like, I don't know, like, if I was, just, let's say, let's say I could DJ and I put myself as fucking a good time slot at every event, yeah, and I was shit as well. People <laughs> would fucking any other DJ with the right frame of mind would just think, "Fuck this geezer," do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, I, I, just, I'm, I'm sort of happy just letting other people crack on. Yeah. But what I, what I was doing before was I ended up fucking going to other other events and that, and then someone would go like, "Ah, oh, have you got your USB?" <laughs> and I'd just be there, drunk, yeah, yeah, go on, I'll jump on you. and I'm just not ready to go back to back with anyone.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> I'll play one tune. I will tell you what, I play one tune. I did, but I quite like that. Get out of there. No, I put good. one tune on and just walk off, and and fucking leave my USB as well.
0: That's a good thing about you and you guys as well. Is like, like you said, You're just
1: USBs. We leave. <laughs>
0: take them all. Um, but yeah, like you, you guys, really good. at, Like you said before, you like giving people opportunity, and that's what I respect about you a lot. Because I know there's, we tried to kind of follow the same philosophy. We had our mates that all wanted to play, and that's why we created the event. But we always try to give as much opportunity to people. And we've given a lot of opportunities to a lot of people who are now doing quite well within Birmingham. Yeah, It's like, and that's what I liked about you guys and the Birmingham scene as a whole is that I I've been to other cities and stuff. Like when I went to Newcastle to put on reflect, when I've done stuff in Manchester, when I've got yeah. kind of DJ, you, you don't see the promoters promotional companies giving those opportunities and working together. And especially some of the big companies in Birmingham, um, Obviously, we won't mention names, but I know some people aren't great with letting other people on, and that's what kind of I respect about you guys. And I always remember um, when I was first getting into DJing. after I'd learned it, learned about it from my mate in first year, and I was just pushing mixes out, trying to win any competitions. And I remember messaging you guys, and you you yourself spoke to me um, and invited me down to a mixing session. And I can't—I think I had something on that day, so I couldn't come. But just that thing yeah. that you never met me, but you saw a passion that I had for it, and you instantly, instead of just saying or send us a mix, listen to it. later you just like come down, have a mix with us, and see how you get on with yeah. little stuff. And that's what I've respected about that. And like, it's just good to see that you've got that that thing. And you can think about all the DJs you put on every week. You've got your main course, some seller, which every promotional company will have. But then you try and put as many new DJs on your shows all the time. And I know you've got my mate Jack to play. You've got people I've known in the scene have managed to play for you. You've got Pluralist on, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Event. Yeah, I've known known him for a while. Um, so yeah, there's like a load of guys that I've seen that you guys have put on your shows. So that's really kind of promising to see, which is good. Nice awesome. one. But yeah, like, how do you do? You kind of always want to give those opportunities to people you find in Birmingham, um, or is it that you'll just kind of let anyone with a passion jump on? Or is it? Does it kind of matter about what you like about them as well? Is it? Is there still sort of?
1: There's, there's a bit of there's a bit of everything in that. I think yeah um yeah usually like you' sort of what what they sort of play um and sometimes it's nice to sort of like you think, oh, well, how can we make it work with've what this person plays so um yeah there's there's a huge range of stuff i, I mean I haven't got that many people from outside of Brum um playing uh, like support slots, but um so student, whether it's students, someone coming up, we've got to get, you know, we'll get them on. The only thing that's a shame, and I think you'll probably know about this as well, because it's when we we wanted to have another room. Yeah. Because we fucking, like,
0: ideally. Oh you were going to get us on, innit? And it's just one of those. Yeah, yeah. I, as a promoter, I understand it because I've had to have the same conversation with people as that, Especially like when you guys we I think Totem were meant to be playing on I think it was a Mama Roos night. Um yeah. and that got cancelled and I was just there like, mate, I've had to do this fucking every month with my event half the time. Like it's yeah. the issue of being a promoter when your numbers don't sell, you're like, what's more important? Well not not what's more important because I guess giving people opportunities is an important thing, but you do have to think of the atmosphere and everything like that you can't have it spanned across a few rooms and I know yeah. that it's the hardest conversation to have with someone especially like benefits with people like myself and other people that may have got a job from lineups that you've had to do it with is that we've either been through that or we've always had other external opportunities because we're doing reasonably well in what we're doing but yeah. it's always the ones that you're giving that first set to well, that first opportunity that's always the hardest conversation with an eye of and I'm like I feel like a wanker when I do it and I'm just like mm. got him to promo the event for a bit and I'm just like shit I've got to fucking buy him off now
1: the fucking hot, worst oh. thing about that though bro was that that, that actually then we prob- we we probably could have done it we probably yeah. could have gone ahead with that other room but what was Pants. Is you know when I, when I said to you like, you should have told me you were coming. Yeah. People don't fucking tell you that they're coming. <laughs> you know
0: I know. What I mean. It's true. It's true. And you need to see it in numbers to give those decisions. And I think a lot of people in the nightlife scene, especially because our nightlife scene is ticketed, it's very different to. Uh, that's why the risk element's always kind of there, I guess, is because when you go to these normal nightclubs, they're not they're just on the door, aren't they? Like yeah, you're in first, you get in, there's not really any restrictions on numbers. But with the stuff we do, because it's ticketed, it's all based on those sales. And I wish that people didn't last minute buy and everyone fucking bought it early so we know what we're doing, but that's just yeah. actually our people don't function.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. um... <laughs> It, 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 yeah it, it's difficult man but that I think the last few events that we've done are fucking we've just done our best and i my mentality's completely changed like we're sort of just trying to keep it simple do you yeah. know what I mean
0: like complicating.
1: if it's if it's fucking stressing me out we're not doing it do you know yeah. what I mean like yeah. we get like DJs that are just sound and fun to work We're not going to Fucking demand a load of shit. Yeah, causes that, fucking aggro. Can you I go want, and buy yeah. this? Oh, where's it? Do you know what I mean? Like, I want this
0: ride? I want this travel. I want this whatever. And I'm just like, mate, you're getting booked on an event, potentially getting paid to play, and just be happy with it. You. you
1: know what's mad, bro? They usually are. They they're usually happy. It's the fucking people doing the paperwork.
0: Yeah, <laughs> to make like fucking worse people, all the kind of agents and stuff like that. Like when yeah. agents are having an argument, why this person's above this person in the lineup or why his text yeah. is fucking bigger than that. And I'm just thinking like, the, the thing I remember booking Bo, um, when we booked Boo, Bo, whatever the fuck you say his name is, um, we booked <laughs> him, like, an event in November, two, three years ago and his agent was the worst thing I've ever seen. Like, she was yeah. shocking. She'd reply to emails with one-worded answers, and then she delayed the process of getting it all sorted and advertised for ages, and it really affected our event. And when he came to our event, I just said to him, like, are you aware of, like, your agent and, like, what they're doing to yeah. you? And, like, I wish... It'd be nice if more artists were aware, because these guys are probably costing them bookings and stuff like that when it does happen. And yeah. I find that's the most frustrating part about getting all the events done is just working with some people. Some people are great to work with, but other people are just these constant peck little things. And it's yeah. like, I'm just, I'm trying to do something for fun and <laughs> make it easy for myself and it's yeah. causing these obstacles. That,
1: that, that, that's that's the thing as well. I think that like, a lot, of, especially, especially the way we are, like, obviously we care about the fucking event a lot and the brand but we're also like we're not we're not that like professional either do you know what I mean but yeah, that's, yeah. that's why it sort of it works but then when people want to get really professional with us we just fucking
0: yeah. you like have you seen our Instagram mate Like <laughs> funny doing there do and like yeah
1: anyway they should ring me up on the phone instead of do all these emails because I think they're just fucking decline us straight away <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah in terms of just like how this year was looking we was just fucking keeping everything relatively relatively chilled in terms of you know we was going to get DJs who we know of sound uh, we got it once a month at Mamaroo we can fucking work that date out bro because we were doing stuff last year and it was like Fuck what, that's this week. <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, just losing track of time.
1: Yeah. So it was just about getting a bit of a routine together this year yeah. and it was getting it was looking like that and I could fucking go to work, sit on the laptop, get stuff done, and that's it. Yeah. I've got three weeks to fucking push it.
0: Yeah. But
1: you know, it, with all this that's gone on now, like it's down to the venues,
0: and it? Yeah. What, I, what, think, what yeah. I think the scariest thing about all this is like I'm going to ambitiously try to get Reflect back up as a creative hub, um, doing a lot more than just music. And I wanted to kind of, I'd still like to base elements of it in Birmingham, but just not being anymore, it was such a struggle to come back and keep the events going. Like the Man yeah. of the Dragon event that we did was just painful. Like. Um, we, we got the numbers in the end but it was just so hard work because we're not based there anymore and there's only a certain of our small crowds. So we'll still try and do stuff with Hare and Hounds, but I've got Don't Just that we're probably going to try and do some stuff with um, with yeah. Joshua. And then we've got, I want to try and bring those back in, but I think the uncertainty around, especially for me now, is that the followings that we've developed and stuff, hopefully we've got to pray that that maintains after all the COVID and everything like that. Yeah, It can be so hard to... When you've got momentum, like you were saying, doing events every week, like we what well, every month, like we were trying to do, when that grinds to a halt, there's just that fear that you may not kind of go back to where it was, and I hope it won't be the case. And I know with you guys, you've got that core following behind you, and I very doubt anything, but that's all the anxiety around events and stuff, yeah. which is crazy,
1: crazy world. I, but, I think I think what's next though, bro, it's like. <sighs> It's probably just my opinion, but I think when the venues and all that start opening and all that, it's... If people wanted to go back to how it was, people need to fucking grow a pair. Do you know what I mean? Serious, bro, because mm-hmm. we're going to have people coming into the venues, moaning like fuck about... Okay. Uh, I, I want a face mask and all this. Just, go, yeah, just yeah. get real. We ain't got any. Do you yeah, know what I so
0: mean? So many people, yeah, like people sweat going everywhere and like, fucking, it's going to be yeah. disgusting. That's what you got to be prepared for. And it's that but, next but, generation coming mate, through. stuff yeah.
1: like, you know, venues over the years, that's how they've been. They've been sweat boxes they have been fucking yeah. about to fall down. If people suddenly now want to change how it is.
2: Kill like, the
1: happy. Yeah, it will. It will. So, but I know this is this is going to be my problem. My mentality on that and what I've just said is not what the fucking venues want to hear.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. So, they there? They've got the legal aspects more. so they'll,
1: they'll probably they'll probably feel the same, but they can't have that mentality in the club. Hmm. So,
0: yeah, and when yeah, that move, I mean. that mentality won't bring, it'll bring sort of anxiety to people and it just won't be as fun because people are like raving but is he next to me is he obviously why has he not got a face mask and all that shit that you don't want to deal with and it's just something that you have to get yeah. through over time
1: but for, for me I know it, like if someone feels like that I feel like they shouldn't be out yeah, you know what I mean? yeah. instead of them coming to the club to fucking moan yeah Why don't you just fucking stay at home? Do you know what I mean? Stay at (laughs) home. Stay at home. But then... I know if I start sort of preaching that... You know what fucking social media is like? People are just going to go straight in. Straight on
0: it? it. Everyone like, oh, why are you saying that? It's just safety first and all this shit. And you're just thinking like, yeah, but your safety, just don't go out or don't complain. I think there's too many people that complain about everything nowadays. Like I'm, I like to complain and have a moan, but there's people who take it too far, and that's going to be one of those instances where you'll get all the reviews, yeah. in it. you'll come back and you'll see your skiddle reviews, and there'll be someone, one star, no face masks, and you just thinking, <laughs> for fuck's sake. <laughs> but yeah. Um, With that then, just to conclude the music part of this, what's yeah. kind of the, the next big goal or am, what's an ambitious goal, I'll say in your head, don't make it realistic, or, well, you can make it realistic, but what is something in the end game with yourself, some seller, that you'd love to achieve in music? Sort of, what's look, the ultimate ultimate goal?
1: My, my personal one for the event would be, uh, i I tell you what, can I tell you what, what, I wanted it to be, and what oh, no. it probably is now.
2: Yeah.
1: Back then, I thought I'd love to be a fucking events manager of a venue. Yeah. Mate, I don't even get a sniff at it, bro. <laughs> if some if that job comes up, mate, and I fucking send an email off, it goes straight in the fucking bin. Yeah. Bro. Right. It's me. I don't know why that is, but I think that like that that that's what. I'd love to have control of a venue.
0: Yeah. I've said this.
1: And just say like, even for like fucking, I like all music. So that house brand can come in. I think those guys are pretty cool. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You got them lads yeah. doing this. They're pretty cool. And it would be, I'd love that. I'd love to have brought that together. Um, now, maybe over the last few months, I just, I've just i probably come to terms with the fact that that ain't happening. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but like I said I'd, I'd still love to if we, if we had money if we had a lease oh, fucking god knows how that would work and we could somehow get a venue yeah Nothing big and I'll tell you I don't want to say how I'd do it because like you never know who's listening bro but I, I it just I feel like I could get something that Brum's really missing yeah and I'd know what to do with it and how it's going to be how it's yeah. going to be so i'd love to i'd love to get a small venue
0: yeah you always got, um, got you can have in your head and work for like as you're saying like, that's the same thing with that events management stuff I, I don't know why that is like you well i've applied for a few and you just think like i'm looking for <coughs> venues that are promoting stuff especially in my own town and thinking like they're still living in the fucking 90s like trance shit i'm just like yeah give me control of your venue and I'll make you money. And that we know how the thing, how the system works, who's hot, who's not, what people want because of the success, what we've won. And I think it's probably just to do with mentality if people want some past experience in event managing and stuff like this. And it's just like that whole world's a myth. But yeah, like those goals are something that you're still, in the long term, you could 100% work for. And as ambitious as they seem, especially with you guys and the way you've grown and stuff, you never know what's around the corner, do you, at the end of the day? Yeah. So.
1: Some of the stuff we had lined up were for this um, this year were massive. Like, yeah. it was it was like all leading up to like the summer. Yeah. And then it, it, I felt like, I feel like we probably would have got the, maybe got the credit, I think, that we probably might, might deserve. Do you know yeah. what I
2: mean? Yeah.
1: Um, But like in terms of, in terms of the venues and that, like, it's sort of good to probably be loyal with a venue. Then they might they maybe watch you and how you work. Yeah. Just get on with the fucking owner, maybe. I don't know. Yeah.
0: But then. As well as music, we know you're an Aston Villa fan, like myself, <laughs> yes. and want to talk about um, a lot of stuff to do with your football as well, uh, just in case the meeting ends, we'll just reset up, because um, I'm not too sure if it'll time out after an hour. Uh, okay, it's been an hour? It's been about 45 minutes, I think, it's been yes, that, hasn't it? Yeah, man. But yeah, Villa, like myself, fellow Villa fan, something that I've come, that. Yeah, I think we've come to love about each other, Villa Villa fans in the music <laughs> scene. Uh, yeah, but yeah, growing up supporting Villa, who are your favourite players? How did you come and support the club?
1: All I've been doing since lockdown is watching old fucking football games, Villa games, yeah, the lot. Um, I used to get well, my dad, big Villa fan. Used to used to do a lot of the uh, England England away games. Hmm. Um, so we used to go down to football quite a lot. I remember the first game I went to. Yeah, man. I think the first game I remember. Well, I mean, we played Wimbledon, and we fucking caned them, and the ground was half dead for some reason. But I don't know why that was. But um, I was thinking about this like yesterday about all what games I remember. I I remember Villa losing 3-2 to Man United and um, we were winning 2-0 and they come back and done us in the cup. Yeah. Van Nistelrooy fucking done it at the end, I think. I remember being at that game in absolute pieces. Yeah fucking hate I hated Manu after that I've always hated them I never liked him anyway but that, they always
0: that. fucking beat us though like, I, I think we've had a good run against quite a few top clubs like I remember we've beaten Chelsea a couple of times we've yeah. done City once or twice but United we never seem to fucking do them and I've always since I've been a kid and I remember like yeah. big games I always remember my first few games as a Villa fan because I was it's was about 2004 I think when I went to my first one I was in uh, we beat Fulham 2-1 yeah. And then I remember going on my second game. It was Bolton away, and we lost to Bolton. I remember apparently <laughs> I was crying on the, on the way out from the
1: stadium. that <laughs> had to take me home. It's gut wrenching, you know. Any every game, if oh, you lose, it's fucking
0: but, horrible. I think that's what I love about our fan base as well. It's that we're we're such a good fan base in the Premier League, and the passions there. I think the only bad yeah. thing about our fan base is that we do get one nil down. We're on our players' backs a lot because yeah. I think we've come to expect that, like, especially from. Martin O'Neill days and the previous to them when I was born, a lot of the fans used to success, and yeah. as you saw the last ten years it was it's been dodgy. But there's, that so, there's up...
1: some chronic moans at the Villa. Trust
0: me. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like growing up um, in Birmingham, how was sort of that city, the sort of Blues Villa divide in schools and things like that, and how's that developed oh. as you've grown up? Because I've obviously been a Villa fan and come to Birmingham to see family and stuff, but I was never amongst growing up in that sort of Derby atmosphere. The only thing I'm used to Preston Blackpool, which is a bit amateurish for a rival. I'm going to get killed by people for saying that. but
1: <laughs> <laughs> To be fair, bro, it's quite intense, man. I think it's quite intense. I think... Um, I've probably got a 50-50 split of, of friends and family. Does it affect yeah, your like, friendships and family? Um, it's not necessarily me. It does with a lot of people around me, I think. Um, I've learned to just fucking chill out on it.
2: Yeah, you know what
1: I mean? Yeah. Like, we could go into the local bios and you and it could kick off, you know what I mean? Yeah. And times it's funny and sometimes, like, you know, you realise how fucking yes. serious it is, you know
0: what I mean? Yeah, I think like that's a crazy thing. There's some things that I've experienced where I think when I was like fully invested in football, you, yeah, you you do get involved in those kind of stupid things, and when you take a step back back from it and start to enjoy sport rather than it be your livelihood, you do yeah. start realising how like stupid it is, or like just because he wears a blue shirt doesn't not mean he's a sound guy, but yeah. On, on match day then you've got that divide like yeah, I remember yeah, being yeah. fired off by a bird mate I was fucking talking to this girl um, <laughs> and she, she was like proper getting on well with her and then she saw one of my pictures with like her, I was DJing because like, I wear like retro villa shirts when I DJ Yeah, man. and she was like love that. you villa and I was like yeah she fucking blocked,
1: blocked me <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> <laughs> what's
0: going on there I'll I,
1: I, 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 I tell you what I what's a bit of a, a sticky one I think with Brum if he was if he was to um do that, I think it I think it it, it can be quite divisive in Brum. Um I mean personally I love the fact that you were you wore a villa top when you're DJing. Yeah. If he was wearing a blues top, that'd be fucking head in the whole set. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. Ah, oh, Paul Kinney, he, he come to listen when we first got to know him. He wore like a blues top, like a vintage blues top, and I said to him, "The next, like, after, you can't do that.
2: <laughs> You've Gotta take <check> it off."
1: <laughs> no, but like the only the only time it worked out good was in Croatia. Me and Jay, I had a villa top on. He had a blues top on. But we didn't, we didn't even. plan it. Yeah. I was staying in a completely different place to them, and we were just going to meet up, and then me and him ended up going on the mic. I've got a villa top on, he's got a blue top on it, it it was pretty pretty good and I didn't mind that, I thought that was sick. Yeah. But I remember I went, I went to um, I went to watch JK at the O two and he fucking started singing Keep Might on at the end and I literally I just yeah. like the room just turned horrible I was like, Why would you fucking do yeah, that? You could his
0: blues top, done he off the time, JK.
1: But I, I also I also get it and I respect it as yeah. well like fair play but I think would I do it I don't know yeah I don't know
0: whole tenders in the sky doing some selling
1: I don't know also it's the fact that like you could like you could leave because I thought you know that gig was sick could leave there with a completely different attitude you know it could kick off as well do you know what I mean so if especially if people have had a drink and people and someone just says something yeah, you know. I don't know but I, uh, I do I, I do like it I do respect it but I'd, I'd probably do it not in Brum I'd do it
0: yeah, when I externally you need people to up. know
1: you're from Birmingham do you know what I mean yeah because
0: it's quite a sensitive thing I guess at times in Brum like, I can never deeped it from that perspective if there's a Blues fan in the crowd I'd probably lost a follower there, but yeah, yeah. like I'm, I guess that's that's the part of Derby Day in Brum like it is it does get heated and it it's a proper true old school rivalry Which I love It's one of the best about But then um, Yeah just It's crazy The divide The divide's mad But who are you Can, camp- I,
1: can I just take a second Just to Go slag on. the baggies off Right <laughs> Right Fuck it. I don't know what it is about these fuckers Yeah, yeah They're like They're like You know your next door neighbour They're like the one Next door to your next door yeah. neighbour They're like two yeah, doors man. down
0: Mate still But the they're last... gobby Five years, five years, five sort of... I, I, I never was aware of the Baggies-Villa rivalry until about sort of five, seven years ago, Max, when they've suddenly started piping up for some reason a lot of the time. There was a, quite a mutual sort of... Yeah. Res- not respect, but like it was never the biggest rivalry. And I feel like especially that there was, I think it was an FA Cup game where we beat them or a League Cup game and they started oh, I went to seats that. out of Villa and I was just thinking like you're not my main rivals like why, why are you acting up and doing things like that and they've tried to escalate that rivalry in the past few years and I guess it's probably to do with us just being in the Premier League and the Blues being in the Championship for that long but
1: that's the, more, what... the more the more I like trying to sort of par them off as in I don't care what you lot think yeah like that's <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> that, I think that just does the ready. If you start biting, that's what they want. If you just say, "Listen, why are you even fucking talking about garbage?" Yeah. You know what I mean? You're
0: just Don't, who, derby I don't know situation. any of your players. I think. <laughs> oh, trust me. That like, they they've just been sort trying to get in that make the rivalry bigger between us the past few years. I've noticed what, that a lot.
1: What's funny as well, I think, is that like you're sort of used to having that that sort of banter or talking about the blues and the villa and all this then when there's someone even they're just trying to talk about the fucking baggies who's there who's like yeah we've got this player up front do I even care about your fucking I just don't know what it is it's just like a a proper eye roller yeah just
0: laugh shut up (laughs) (laughs) get to the back (laughs) of the
1: it's like yeah but I with, with with the blues villa thing as well like, a lot, of, a, a lot of my pals who are blues, we can act, they can actually just have a good chat about, yeah. about the football. And, like, with some of my, my pals who are Villa fans, sometimes I have to bring them back down to fucking earth, bro, about yeah. performances and that. The thing,
0: yeah, we think... We're some people
1: still, think our people, like, like our players, are like the sun shines out their arse. I'm like, it, did you even see the way you just passed that out for a fucking <laughs> throw You <laughs> know what I mean? Are we watching the same game?
0: I know. There's that sort of nostalgia or pride with Villa being that biggest club from Birmingham and having that rich history. And I look at it and think, like, we can act like we're a big club, but the times you have been through in the past ten years have just been flipping.
1: It's did you like, Did you ever go to it when we was in a uh, when we got sent down? Did you ever go to any of the games then? Mate, the,
0: mate, Troy Deeney made me stop going to Villa for about fucking. <laughs> Mate, we were playing Watford and we lost two 0 or two one, and Beanie scored at the whole end. And I didn't know he was a Blues fan until the post game interview. And he started, he started just celebrating him, he's right in front of my face, like at the halt end. And I was just thinking, like, what's gone on here? Post match interview, is like, oh, I'm blue. I've always supported Blues. Uh, it's been my dream to score against the old end. And it was when we were doing shit with like Remy Gard, and I just watched that game and just thought, I can't be arsed going again. Like, it was proper heart-demoralising. And that was the season we got relegated. I think that was the first year I was in Brum as a student. And um, I was b- buzzing to come to Brum because I was thinking, oh, I'm going to a load of Villa games and that, and Premier League. Like, <laughs> didn't go on for about a year after that. I couldn't hack it.
1: What, what? I used to go down to the home games and literally say to myself at every game, I ain't fucking coming down here again. But I'd just keep going. But, you do. Like, and also, for me as well, a lot of the football, that was the worst part of the day. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, the actual football itself. Watching, watching <laughs> Jordan Vert out and El Mohammedy trying to play centre midfield for Remy Gard. It was the most stressful experience of my life.
1: But, but what my mentality sort of changed a little bit. It was like... Obviously, he's get pissed off at the football, and I could get angry, man. Like you know, like what the fuck are you doing? You fucking shit all this. Yeah. But I just learned to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do.
0: I do like it when you get here and the fans just like three nil. No. How shit must you be? <laughs> shit and stuff like that. Like you just got to knock it on the head at times
1: with villa I've got um, I've got a bad thing as well. And I, and I don't know what it is. It's like Tourette's at the football, bro. And I, yeah, I have to. I have to. I don't get to as many home games at the minute because, well, in general, because I, I always end up having an argument with someone,
2: mm.
1: right? Or there's just I just end up pissing people off. But what would happen is, you not know, like someone you, is about to shoot. Yeah. I'll already say it's a goal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> Oh fuck! Well, uh, I'd just be like, yeah. I sort of like pre. I, I celebrate early, or especially when we were shit. I, 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 when we were going down, we were shit. I'd say to people, like, watch this for a goal, man. Yeah. Or just go. Like, <laughs> <For "Rosette.">
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Always... Go,
1: Can you shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, man. I go, <laughs> I'll do that. What a screamer! What a scream. I can't help it. I don't know what it's. I think it's like a nervous, nervous excitement. Yeah.
0: I don't know. Who was uh, two questions then? Who were your favourite players growing up as a Villa supporter, and who's your sort of favourite players in the past, re- the recent times, sort of the past five, five years or so?
1: Um love watching Grealish. yeah class love watching we love watching him um i don't know i don't know whether like you you people saying like oh, you feel sorry for him because he's sort of carrying the team
0: no i don't he loves the club innit i think he'll go to a bigger club when the time's right if we don't go down but I think with the, the owners we've got and stuff to be able to big loss. I think big players for me. The, the trio I love love Grealish. I think he's a fan favorite with everyone. McGinn. I think absolutely yeah. class. Uh, yeah. he's been such a miss. I just think Mings has been outstanding as well since he. Mings been is
1: good, but he, he he's a little bit. He can be off it as well, man. Yeah, but but he, he's when he's good, you know. You, you, you can sort of you feel like this kid like he's. Control a bit. I think you you can back him because sometimes I think he's a bit too cocky. Yeah, he takes
0: too much time on the ball and stuff. But
1: sometimes you got to do that if if it's like he's backing himself. Do you know what I mean? I'm gonna show you what I got, really. But yeah, when you do that, you can get a bit caught up or a a bit stuck. But. I
0: think uh, the nice thing as well is that we've actually got some fucking good keepers for once in the past 10 years of Rayner and Heaton. I've missed having a solid guy behind the sticks for so long. Yeah. Like he- Heaton was class um, until he got that injury and he- he's going to win you a couple of points a year. But I think that's what we've missed at Villa a lot is just that sort of spine of the team. A good span of the team. I'm still not happy with like a lot of positions, wingers and strikers and stuff at the minute at Villa. I don't see a lot of promise in them, but at least there's there's a good direction. I just think if we can stay up or whatever happens with the prem, we've got the money to hopefully make some decent investments because we've got a nice core in those people. But what about sort of um, growing up as well? Who we like your your Villa your Villa idols growing up?
1: Um, that Gab that Gabby Carew. Fucking...
0: Yeah, the, the for, that, was, that whole O'Neal side, mate. Un,
1: unbelievable. You just felt like anything could happen. That no, yeah. was it, man. And I think Villa really lack a winger because I look at Ashley Young and... Yeah. He was he just, just... He just excites you. And, I mean, that, that fucking Trezeguet and Al they just ain't got the minerals, man. No,
0: they don't. They don't
1: at all. I, I, I haven't backed Trezeguet. I know he did that thing against Leicester, but I think... I would have, if I was him, I would have done that and then dipped. I would be like, "Yeah, you've had easier final Although I'm going but mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't really rate him. I, think I
0: don't, I don't rate Wesley or Samata as well. I don't, they've not come in and made an impact. I'd love, I've loved to have got a Mitrovic or something like that, I've proven sort of prem, prem yeah. guy who's done the business and the wingers like they're too inconsistent. They have a good game in every three games, and we've not got enough of them. And I think that's where we do struggle and that's why Grealish is having to carry a load. If Grealish had someone who can fucking finish in front of him, be ten times a player and he wouldn't be forced out on the wing.
1: It's mad, even now I'm watching out like more exciting fucking Ben Teke and were. Do you know what I mean? Like Ben Teke is my favourite. Yeah. Unreal.
0: Everything. Absolutely everything. He's
1: never the same player once he left us, was he? Yeah, just went on the
0: bench for Liverpool and didn't do much after that, but he was just a joy to watch. One of my favourite players ever was Martin Larsen. Like I think he's still my favourite
1: yeah. Villa player. Like
0: I've never seen a guy of that quality in a team like us. Because the way yeah. he commanded that back four and stuff. He's an
1: unbelievable player. Unbelievable. I've been, I've been watching. I've um, been watching all the old games and that again. Um, Interesting how fucking good I think Merson was, man.
0: Yeah, Merson. Just before my time was Merson.
1: I was sort of around that period I'd sort of be losing, losing the love a little bit yeah. for the Villa I think I think we were doing a bit shit um, and it's just like it was probably before O'Neill probably David O'Leary days I was probably a bit like this geezers pants man <laughs> um, what, other, what other
0: games have watched it's like Angal. oh yeah he had that one season where he scored about 25 goals and just- doing in yeah. a serious class. I used to like Lee Hendry a lot. Yeah. He was a quality centre mids. But well, that, that's all just deteriorate. I don't know why it's all kind of gone down. Just the management we've got on board and stuff like that. It was all really poor appointed. But I'm still a bit sceptical on Dean Smith um, at the minute because I don't think he's tactically there for the Premier League. But... I appreciate after watching so many poor years at Villa, at least we're trying and trying to play some exciting football and we're having a go at yeah. teams instead of holding back at 1-0, at least we're having a do and it makes a difference and when you see these little things of getting to that cup final that we've had this year and we've been to Wembley, what, five times in the past four years or whatever it's been to yeah um so yeah that there's promising times ahead I hope as long as we don't get fucking relegated
1: I think it it's it's I love the fact we've got John Terry there man yeah love that
0: yeah he's class I just I'd like to hopefully see a bit more of him I think a lot of our defenders are young so hopefully there's a lot of time for him to teach them and improve I don't think he's had enough time to develop that back four yet but yeah we'll see where the future goes and just to conclude on villa uh, I want one high point, your best moment as a Villa fan, and your worst moment as a Villa fan.
1: Five one against Blues. That was that game was fucking incredible, man. Yeah. Um. Uh, uh, when we say low point, am I th- am I there?
0: Whichever there or not there, and your high point there or not there.
1: My my lowest point. It's a bit of a shame, really. Was when we played Man U in the final, I fucking Vidic and Milner that mm. mate. I, I, uh, I didn't have a ticket, but I'd gone down to Wembley, and then um, my dad had come <laughs> come walking over because like, oh, I've just got you a ticket, you know, for your birthday. I thought, like, fuck off, wicked man. Because the only thing is, you're in the Man U end, yeah, Joe, and you. He... You might as well not you might as well not go. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I was in the I was in the manual end. And then obviously we had the, the penalty appeal and all that. That was on to me, bro. Yeah. So, yeah. I got a bit of shit. Risky bit.
0: <laughs> Mate, I always remember we went to the FA Cup final against Arsenal and there was an Arsenal fan in our end and he kept quiet all game until Giroux scored the fourth goal. He just stood up and he's, all his emotion went out. He got fucking twatted, mate. <laughs> he got yeah. Shit kicked out of him. It must be fucking scary, that. I've never done the whole being a fan in the away end or anything like that. Nah, no,
1: I, 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 like, I, 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 I wouldn't do it again. I, like To watch your fans celebrating while
0: well, you've as got just well,
1: still. Yeah, it's, just, it, it won't, it's not a good experience, man. Unless, unless you're an absolute shit house <laughs> Just <something> happy. <laughs> Do you know what
0: I mean? Take them all on.
1: But either way, like yeah, probably that. Liverpool in the semi final, that was good. Oh, um, yeah. No, that,
0: that game. Did you go I on? The was
1: fucking wanked at that, bro. I
0: wanked. We got a seat. Do you know at Wembley? You've got you've got your top <laughs> tier and your bottom tier, and then there's this like dodgy small middle tier. And it's like mixed yeah. fans, so we were in that with the mixed fans. We were sat next to a Villa couple and there was about two Villa couples and everybody else was uh, Liverpool fans. And I just remember when that full-time whistle we went, just celebrating in all these faces of these Liverpool fans. It was still in the Villa end. It was just that yeah. that's always mixed, just celebrating in that. It was unbelievable. That was class. But I think the like, best moment is the playoffs last year. That was... Senior team, yeah. and it means so much to the club but after the year before, that was that was unbelievable.
1: Do you think we should have got rid of all those players?
0: I think a few of them, yeah. I think it's good to have that depth in the squad for the League Cups and stuff that we've used it for, but I think we didn't add enough quality going into the Premier League. I think we, we signed a lot of unknown quantities. Like yeah. When you looked at Wesley stats and all that gay stats from these other leagues, they're just a bit, why are you signing him? He's just, is he a name? What What's he actually bringing? I think that's, there's always, I don't know, it's, it's hard because I guess we're not in that position and those scouts may have thought differently, but I find that always the frustrating thing as a fan. Like, we always think we know or we know what's right for the team and we see it from that perspective and somehow management never see it from our perspective
1: and it's so I think it's um, I think it's been business oh, I do I think that if you look at Trezeguet's Insta yeah he's got a massive following
0: Egypt only you,
1: it? your man's fucking the first bloke from Tanzania I think I think they've just they've tried to be a bit business minded with that trying to get some like sales in for like will, football tops
0: Nakamba's got that Zimbabwe following as well so I guess guess that's what they're trying to do is boost the profile of the club but I guess as long as we stay up there's going to have to be some serious business in next year I think
1: Do you follow uh, the Villa on Insta? Yeah What is the crack here with (laughs) every fucking the first comment of every picture is like some fake woman It'd be like
0: <laughs> <laughs> every time I go on it, it's like click on my profile. Oh my god. That's me. So I,
1: I want your whole twelve inches in me.
0: Oh sorry. I'm just, like, I <laughs> just thinking, I'm trying to follow some football comments. Here. And then the worst every... thought about it, it's just followed up with Samata 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 by old Tanzanians.
1: But it was it was the Egyptian lot before. Yeah, just, they were yeah. fucking going on sick. Then it was Tanzania, Zimbabwe. And then there was just all these fucking like fake profile <laughs> birds <laughs> trying to get fucking money off people.
0: Uh, <laughs> they've seen they've seen the gap in the market. They've looked at our marketing team and thought, because <laughs> all these you new know, influx of followers. But yeah,
1: you know what? They probably make a shitload of money as well,
0: mate. They probably do. You're living that easy life, like um. I, I got in a load of shit with all the Tanzanian lot because Samata scored, <laughs> scored a goal, that goal at Wembley. Oh, he scored, yeah. I can't remember, he might have scored his first goal. Um, and they put it on the Twitter, and I replied on the Twitter saying, Yeah, but he was shit all game, wasn't he? And honestly, because it was the first comment, and it was when he just first moved, I had about, I think it was 103 messages off Tanzanians. Just
1: going. You like, had a whole village just attacking him, man.
0: Yeah, it was fucking hilarious. I was, I'll come after work and had about 68 notifications on my phone. It was just death threats from
1: Tanzanians.
0: But yeah, we'll have to see. <laughs> but another highlight I had was. Um, you, it, that, I, oh, go on.
1: Now, I was just going to say, like, one of the biggest peaks is after when we lose. It's like a mad drug. It's like, I need to go and have a look what social, like, what the yeah. social media thing is. And just see people just lose their shit yeah. on Facebook
0: and it ever seen that Villa View, the Villa View, the um the lads who try and do Villa Van TV. Basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh mate. Some of those people, I don't know what they talk about all the time. They don't fuck all about football, do they? They always seem no. to pick the weirdest fucking people in Birmingham. Yeah. Strange, man. But that's our, our fan base. Have never been good losers. We've never been positive losers. I think that's We we have a great fan base, but like I said before, we are volatile at times.
1: Yeah, I, I, I find that I, I used to like. Well, I prefer away days than the home games. So I think. Oh,
0: yeah, our away days are unbelievable. unbelievable.
1: Yeah, fan. Our fans are just different, and I, Yeah. At home, yeah. I've. Like I said I always end up having fucking ding-dongs and that with people there, not not like, I just feel like, there's that expectation thing, I'm like, bro, are you even fucking... If you've been following
0: us for 10 years, like, just, yeah, I get what you mean with that, I think our away fans are unbelievable, like, every time you see, I've not experienced many away fans that I've genuinely rated, and especially when I see it on social media, there's a lot of times that... You'll see all these polls of who the best away fans and Villa are always in the top three, and it's just like yeah. I think we have just got that passion, and all our fans. There's no, there's no plasticity there. There's no plastic fans or no. Nah. It's, all, it's all proper, proper, proper football club in it.
1: Fucking, I went to I went to Chelsea away this year. It was on a Wednesday, and um, a fucking the geezer next to me. I couldn't have, I couldn't have sat next to the or stood next to the worst person for me
2: yeah
1: like you know some bloke who was just going on at me about can you stop singing in my ear old oh, please <laughs> It was like you know that geezer off phone jacker yeah yeah phrase um, one he was like that and I started singing about oh, shit on the city and all that and he was like do we have to bring those up even when we're here <laughs> bro are you fucking having me on
0: what are you doing here on this train?
1: I'd just laugh at him to be fair I was just doing his head in the end yeah but apart from that yeah man I love it yeah. I, love, I love the away days
0: yeah the best days so the be- best day I remember probably was that you remember that Hill, Gary Cahill when he scored the overhead kick to beat the Blues <coughs> yeah, that, yeah 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 I've, I've never seen limbs like that in my life that unbelievable. <laughs> was unbelievable I, I swear I went flying about three rows it was fucking mad but yeah, that that is Villa done. And then the last thing I wanted to talk to you about was kind of a more sensitive issue, is um, sisters with autism. Oh, it's fucking hell, yeah. Something that I noticed that, especially when I put a post about my sister, um, that you've experienced as well and something I've known about as well and it's something that I know that we do have in common. And I just kind of wanted to get your perspective on that um, and how that's kind of affected your life as well, um, in a crazy way. Because I know yeah. especially with my sister, it's something that when I was a kid, I knew would. I, I'm the most relaxed guy ever. Like I'll never get triggered or angry or anything like. It's what most people get annoyed at. I've had like girls be annoyed at me because like, there's nothing we can shout at you for, and I'm like, because I'm just so relaxed. <laughs> but then like. Yeah. I always—that's the one thing as a kid that, if anything was said to me, I'm so protective over it, and like, sure, yes, yeah. they would make me go like that. And um, I just wanted to kind of your experiences on how that's impacted your life, and has it made you more solitary person? Has it given you more of a push to do what you want to do? Like, how has that kind of affected your life?
1: Um, I think when I was younger. Um... You don't know any different. You're just living, yeah, with this per- with this person. It's. I think once you start to get perspective of, and you you get older and you fucking start to think about stuff. Then you you do think differently. I think I, I started to get a, probably a little bit more, uh, probably knocked me knocked me around a little bit when I was probably like like year five, year six, year seven, year eight, around that period. You're sort of trying to find your feet And it yeah. was like I've also got like a sister who um So unpredictable Yeah Fucking, you know My sister used to be Her behaviour could have been horrendous bro yeah. I going to do some mad shit <laughs> Mad shit Much. Um, You know, like Some of the tantrums she used to have Yeah, Back when I was a kid was nuts And then I think as well, you know, people would, would say, like, oh, I, feel, I feel sorry for, for you guys and what you have to go through. And you, I didn't really fucking it think anything of it.
0: It doesn't resonate because it's our normal life. Like, I get it from a lot of people exactly that. Like, they'll come to talk to you and they'll say, it must be so hard having a disabled system like, it's just life. Like, it's normality to us. And Also,
1: you, you look at some people who've got, like... Um, I don't want to use the word normal, but like, a, you know, someone like, who's got like a brother or sister, and they'd fucking play up rotten anyway. So yeah. it doesn't really make much difference. Um just it is what it is. The only thing that I think hard is when she's feeling emotional and she struggles. to. She can't really say what it is yeah. that's upsetting her because, uh, you know, lately she's been crying quite a bit. But for what reason? We don't know. Yeah, it's <laughs> upsetting her.
0: Yeah, that's that's yeah. the hardest thing. That's what, my sister, I had a fall um, recently in the park just on a walk. She'd done a knee and she couldn't walk for a few weeks, but she can't physically tell us what's, what's the issue, where is it hurting, is it still yeah. on. You know, I think that's the crazy thing. Like When you're a kid, your parents bear the workload of that, and I suppose because she's the only sibling I have, it made me more independent and had to do things myself or... Um, I think I'm proud of my parents in a sense that they give me a freedom to do what I want to do. They didn't restrict me to, as a child, to have to help to look after her. They took on a lot of the workload, which is, I'm always extremely grateful for, and they've always let me live my life the best way I can. But I think the scary prospect, what I always find, is that in the next 20 years, when they can't look after her, how's that going to affect me? Is that something you've ever thought about? (sighs)
1: Yeah,
0: man, pro. Mate, because I've not had that conversation with many people at all. And I wanted to gain your perspective on that as well because I'm always really concerned in my mind that will everything I do in my life just be put on this sudden halt or like what's going to happen when that becomes, I become the full time. Yeah, it's it's a scary thought, isn't it?
1: Yeah, my... my my sister's very reliant on like my mum, like she's like attached to my mum. Yeah. Um. My dad a little bit, but not as much. Um, and then I'm like last. Yeah. So, like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um. Yeah, it, it's a it's a tough one, Harriet. With my sister, Harriet, she's quite uh. She sort of likes being on her own as well.
0: Yeah.
1: So. You know, I know I always try and hook Harry, but she don't want one off me.
0: Yeah, she don't want bot. one off
1: anyone. Do you know what, <laughs> what I mean? We're
0: the West Brom fans of the family.
1: Oh, <laughs> fucking hell, bro! Now that hurt. That, that hurt. Hurts. Oh, but, mate. Um, yeah, in terms of like, oh, tell you what's been quite good about this lockdown for us is that she's been doing a bit of learning. Hmm and we know you know just only little things like bits of maths English my sister's like severely autistic um, and it's good to see that she's doing little bits and bobs with me she she just she makes me repeat things that she says yeah and um bro it can be so annoying yeah like there's a bit where I just go right it's not fun now like you've got to literally leave me alone <laughs> no <laughs> like, you know when, when when I first put the cam on, um she was trying to come into my room to get my cup of coffee off me because she likes the the thought of all the cups being downstairs,
0: yeah, just like that element of o c d in it,
1: and because I'm a little bit hungover, I need a coffee yeah, so I was just like, you know what just, she's just got to have it, do you know what I mean yeah, you gotta kill oh, this out but yeah, there's, there's there's a lot of things. I'm trying not to think about it too much. I think my mum and dad are quite they're quite shit hot on what
2: yeah.
1: what's gonna happen and what 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 they want to happen.
2: Yeah.
1: do. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: because I think
1: that's
0: uh, it, it's it's something that's my because with my sister she can't talk um, communicate
1: anything like that. Like she's on a very severe end of it. Um, yeah, probably the same as my sister then. Yeah.
0: Yeah, she just, she she. You can see her learning. She does like a couple of like scribbles on the iPad and stuff. And as, she, as she's got older, she's relaxed a lot more, which is
1: yeah, a, definitely
0: a lot easing on my mind as well. Because like, if I ever thought about that ten years ago when she was flying around the house, running all the time, like I think I'm yeah. after her. But she's calmed down a lot, and she started like you said she was independent she started coming in the front room a lot more and chilling with the family a lot more but I think that's always a concern in my mind and my mum and dad have looked after that really well in terms of like they've just taken the workload on with it and let me live my life and I think when i get older it's something that I don't want to think about but a few people might have made me realise recently that it's still something I'm going to have to plan and I think like the scary thing is as well like you've got to have people who are going to be in your life at that time that are also accepting of it. Um, which Definitely, I mean, yeah. And I think maybe, especially with your your missus now, like that's something that maybe not in the long run that you're thinking about, but it's always good to find those people that can potentially look at it from that perspective and are willing to, or that's a scary thing for me is like finding someone like that who will hopefully be willing to realise yeah. that be a situation in the long term as well. But you never know what's going to happen in terms of them because we, we, we're we still learning as carers as they go. Yeah. Like it's always a developing world for um, your family because you never know how they're going to change what their reactions are to things every day. It's, just, it's a bit of a crazy yeah. world, isn't it?
1: Um, I, I, I think... You know, you're saying that as your sister got older, she started to, like, like chill out a bit. Yeah. I think, we noticed that we started getting um, old photos out of basically my sister yeah. and sort of just just showing her like a life story. And I think she was able to reflect mm. herself on that. And she got to look at, you know, where she had like a, a school uniform that whether that was good or bad. Yeah. She would just say good, you know, only little, little things. But then I think that, I think that mellowed her, mellowed, mellowed her out. A lot, yeah. Um, I think, yeah, it's it a tough one. I think with, with with my with my my missus at the moment and that, like, I feel so much stronger and happier. Yeah, with her, and like she makes me feel comfortable about my sister as well. Because at times, you know, you you could you could be with someone who you think she's a bit standing offish? do you know what I mean? She's yeah, like, yeah, it's
0: like, but it's, but I, it's like people's past experience with it. I think a lot of people are, well, especially in the world that we live in, like a lot of people haven't experienced that before and don't know how to react yeah. around those types of, people and like i, I presume it would be the same for you when you've gone to um just a school to see a presentation or something and you used to yeah. be around other disabled people and you know how to interact with them and you always include them in the conversation rather than just a carer and those little things like um but people that haven't experienced that and won't understand how to kind of deal with these different personalities and stuff like that so i suppose yeah. that's a really good confidence thing that if she is able to do that it puts you at ease as well because you feel like you can kind of not give her responsibility because you wouldn't want to push it on her um but just that it gives you a more relaxed feel that she can deal with things like that if it was her to ever come to a place where you'd have to be the full-time carer and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy times. But yeah. That's I'll, I'll,
1: come to that. I'll come to that when we're coming to it, bro. That's all yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just think the main thing as well is that just, I think we just need to like be Yeah, to be fair, but it does, it blows my head, geez. It really does. does. It's Uh, a crazy
0: subject. But I think, I think it's probably given us a lot more life skills and qualities compared to other people. And you have to grow up a bit earlier and you understand a lot of things more. And I think there's always a sweet innocence about our family members and stuff like that. That they're, they're always, at the end of it, they may get upset about some things and stuff, but they do have no worries and they have no stress. And, it, and it, when you look at them from that innocent perspective and stuff, there's always that, there's so much positivity that comes out of them rather than them ever being a negative aspect in your life. Like, I think that's yeah. what a lot of people will never grasp until you get a sibling like that is that they're, they're just positive aspects in your life there's really hardly any negatives to do with them and yeah yeah it's good to share like an experience like that with someone who's had the same kind of involvement with it as myself as like a brother to a disabled sort of sibling is that you you've touched on things that I can relate to which is, yeah. it's always good to kind of get another perspective and it shows that you, no one's ever alone, if anything like that happened um, in people's lives and stuff. And there's always people who are going through similar things with it and it's all just positive at the end of the day. There's no negatives about having people like that in your life and
1: it's just yeah. a blessing in a sense, isn't it? Yeah. I think I think for, for us as well, I just need to make sure that me and Harriet are probably always just just sweet with each other, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like I said, it's difficult because she, she sort of just literally is happy doing her own thing.
0: Yeah. That which be.
1: is cool because it's like she's enjoying that. So I don't really want to come over and be like, oh, you need to come and...
0: Yeah, come play with me or come do these things with me. Then, like... Yeah. I think that's
1: that's the thing I do
0: sometimes find hard is I'd love to go and give my sister attention and a hug all the time and do some things with her. But more often than not, she's happy reading a book by herself or watching yeah. some T V or just playing in the garden by herself. There's very rarely times where she'll want me to come over and do a jigsaw with her and I suppose that's a it's a hard element that she don't always want a hug or anything like that. But it's yeah. also nice that she's got an independent side and she's happy, and it probably makes me happy as long as she's smiling and doing what she's enjoying. Yeah. We're, we're happy with that.
1: I think, as well, which what well, I realised throughout for, for years, and I, I, well, how old are you, if you don't want me asking? 23, now 23. Um, I think people are, get, are, are getting better. Yeah. Other people, um, as in, I just think that people are a bit more uh accepting, understand better. I think when, when I was younger, that weren't the case. No, no, yeah. no, not like anyone would say anything. You think I'd, I'd people watch, I'd yeah. watch other people when and people didn't know what the fuck's going on.
0: Yeah,
1: don't really get that now. I don't, I, I don't see it now. But I think, like you know, I think a lot of people were like, ch- just didn't understand what what, yeah, what's going on. Because I, I think you know, like I think throughout the years, hopefully, it does get a lot easier. Pe- people are just a lot more understanding, even more. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, like, I think um, I've noticed as well. Like a lot of people, as I, I used to get annoyed at it as a kid back in the day because you always that little protective brother. who was like if someone is she looking at my sister like that, what do you want with her and everyone it's like. But as you grow up, and adults grow up, and like I said before, when it used to be a trigger for me at school and stuff, now it's like everyone our age is understanding those things more and understanding that there are a lot of disabilities and stuff out there. And it's becoming more ingrained in society that all these promotional things that are all... Promoting National Autism Week and stuff like that. It, all, it shows it's yeah. all building up into stuff like that. And as you say, like people are becoming much more understanding of it now. And like when my sister will scream, make a random noise in an airport, back in the day, everyone I used to look at her and keep looking at her. Now, people may take one look and then just dismiss it and be like, yeah, fair enough, which is yeah. a nicer thing because you don't feel... Not that I should, but you don't feel like you're being singled out in public or anything like that.
1: Yeah, I I remember um, we had a few a few ding dongs when I was younger, and it was yeah like Harry could have a tantrum, and trust me that that kid can kick off. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> she could,
1: she could then, and then like it was it was more the stress it was giving to my mum. That as well, which was annoying because my mom trying to, you know, calm the situation down while you've got people staring. Yeah, and I you end up telling people to fuck off. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and you got shopping to be doing, mate. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Trust me. It, that those are little things that would happen, but they don't really happen now. Like, yeah. and that's that's good. I've, and I, I think it's a coming of age as well. I think for. For my sister, maybe your sister as well, just learn to maybe sort of just be a bit more. I think that they, they probably accept themselves a bit more as well. Yeah, they understand themselves.
0: Yeah, and that's just learning uh, and just being around different people in society and stuff. I think the big thing as well is, like you said, like especially as kids, they get very, very temperamental and very. um, always energetic and excited and stuff and like I remember traveling with my sister um airports and stuff I always used to dread it because I used to think she'd just loads of energy start running off running about crazy shit and now she's very relaxed when she goes on a lot of things she's very quiet and yeah she's do she doesn't cause sort of What's the word? Not a scene, but do you know what I mean? Like she... Yeah, yeah, yeah. ...do those things anymore um, because I think she's just become quite relaxed in herself and stuff and I think that's a growing up, coming of age thing for them and I don't know how they'll be in the future. It's like a scary prospect, but a lot of the time she's mellowed a lot now so it's making her a lot easier.
1: I'll tell you something as well which I, I, I feel quite nice about was... When I was younger, there was um, well, I used to do like, we used to do like karate, like karate and kickboxing and that. There used to be like a, you know, like a, like like a center where they'd have like people with all sorts of disabilities and they'd just spend an evening there. And there was this one bloke who, you know, he was quite full on, mm. I put it that way, and he used to sit like, used to see, him walking around and thought like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that guy's just he's 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 affected. You know what I mean? He's not. Like, yeah and then i have I've, I've been seeing him for eight years, just you know just walking doing his shopping, and it's just like he as he's got older, he's become more comfortable and that like it's nice to see that from sort of from someone else, do you know what I mean I only see my sister I see my sister every day you're just living it you're just living that life, but when you see it from so maybe someone else, you think, oh, you know what like People they are they're getting, she's getting better, he's getting better. Do you know what I mean? It's quite nice, yeah. Nice,
0: uh, yeah.
1: Uh, I, know, I think another thing that I think maybe for me and you need to do as well is like look into like what organizations and care and uh, but like really look into them, look, look who's funding them, who are these people like the right people for your sister because mm-hmm. there's all different ones. Some people are. Have different approaches, different mentalities, different ways of working. You just got to look at what the right one is. You know yeah. I mean, what what you think's best?
0: Yeah, I think like, a lot of the people that have cared for my sister is a learning process with them. I suppose they've got to learn with a lot of different types of people and stuff. And she's quite a difficult one to work out. After times, quite a few people with autism are. It's not straightforward sort of disability um there's so many variations of it and i think with myself i'd love to in the future and especially now as i'm growing up i'm growing more of an appreciation for what people that have done for her and helped her out and i'd love to be able to you yeah. to do contribute towards those people whether that be charity or bringing awareness to their associations and stuff like that it's something yeah. that potentially in the future as i mature because i've never really been that charity focused or bothered about things like that i'm always appreciated of it of it but i've never fully organized anything to help with those things and i think maybe someday i'd love to be able to contribute some way back to those people because they are small heroes in our lives that we maybe appreciate as much as Um, a lot of other people and maybe our parents as well and I think that's what we'll experience when we grow older and we start getting more responsibility is those organisations that do help out that do take my sister for a weekend and help my parents do what they want and stuff so I'd love to be able to give back in some way for that but just thinking of ways to do it really and finding avenues to be able to help raise some money to go back towards those people who've helped us out in the long term
1: yeah, man. If you want to, if you want to collaborate on something, then fucking
0: yeah. let us know. We can do it. Re- reflect time, some seller autism charity event stuff yeah, like that. We can we can definitely have a look at it. But at the moment, who knows what the fuck's going to happen in the future? <laughs> <laughs> <It's tricky. Yeah. laughs> Jesus Christ! But yeah. yeah but anyway, I think that is all the questions for this. So it has been top conversation and um, yeah
1: is there anything that you'd like
0: to say at the end or
1: I think I'm just in time for my Sunday dinner to be fair lad. message be a for all, all, right.
0: all your fans yeah man. yeah um, I'll finish a podcast here so thank you for joining us George and yeah top stuff
1: nice no, one Mokka